This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to season four of Inspiring Design with Roshan Senanayaka. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge, all centered around the growth sector in advanced manufacturing within Industry 4.0, encompassing various industries, technologies, skills, knowledge, trends as well as stakeholders all the while linking it back into education within schools and universities. Welcome to today's episode and we have one of the most sought after topics in store today, renewable energies. Considering the current focus globally towards phasing out various fossil fuels and developing more renewable energies, especially in taking back control over climate change and more sustainable economic development, this is the crucial area that affects every single one of us. So to kick off this chat, I have here with me Vivian Roberts, the founder of Energy Ramblings. Vivian is a mechanical engineer and project manager, as well as the founder of the popular online energy publication, Energy Ramblings. Her day job involves heading up renewable energy development here in Queensland. And she has previously worked in various consulting capacities on some of Australia's and South Africa's largest utility scale renewable energy projects. She has been involved in project development, construction, commissioning, as well as operations. She has worked with local governments in South Africa on energy and climate change related projects and programs and now she's based in Australia doing some incredible things. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Vivian, welcome to Inspiring Design. All right, Vivian, thank you so much for being here with us. Can we start off with a little bit of background about yourself? What's your story? Um, hi, and thanks for having me. I, um, I guess my from a career perspective, I am, or from a studying perspective, I'm an engineer and I'm a project manager. And I've also, um, I've also come from a, an accounting background. Um, but from my work experience, I, my work is kind of broadly split into three different um, periods for me. Uh, the first is a stint at um, a local government in South Africa, in Cape Town. Uh, that was that was with a focus on energy planning, um, climate change um, mitigation and adaptation. So a lot of work around um, looking at how the city uses energy and how it can can change that use. And from there, I went to the engineering consultancy space um, and was working on large scale renewable energy projects. Um, and my day job at the moment is um, doing project development for a renewable energy company. So looking at what opportunities there are in Australia for large scale uh, renewable energy projects. Awesome. That's a fair bit of experience. And uh, around what time did you come to Australia from South Africa? I came here in February 2016. 
Oh, cool. So you, I, I honestly didn't notice an accent or anything like that. <laughs> I've got one. So I'm usually pretty sensitive to those things, but um, you've done well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel, um, I feel that the, well, I, I say to people that as soon as I start saying project, then I know that I'm, oh, I'm yeah. fully integrated. <laughs> And I've caught myself saying it once. So I do feel as if I'm, I'm assimilating. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So let's get straight into it. One of the things that I want to understand is exactly what is renewables energy and what does that industry look like just at a grassroots level, even for listeners who may not be aware of what it might be to begin with. Um, so one of the, the fun, like foundational concepts around energy is that you can't make it, you can't destroy it. You can just change it from one type to another. Um, and renewable energies are energies that are types of energy that you, you, you convert from one to the other and the source energy can be replenished. So solar energy, um, we can use the sun's energy and we can convert that into either electricity or into heat and we, we are able to use that in a way that makes our lives easier. Um, and then there are other types. So you would have wind energy, you have um, you know, biomass, which is plant-based. So either burning, for instance, burning plant matter to mm -hmm. produce heat, to make electricity, um, or you can have um, geothermal, which is using the energy within the, the earth's core. Mm -hmm. um, to make energy as well. So anything that can be replenished and that we can convert that energy into something that we can use in our society. Yeah, and the elephant in the room when it comes to fossil fuels or non-renewables energies, why is it very different to, let's say, renewable energies, the things that you just mentioned? So, I mean... There are there are people who make the joke that um, fossil fuels are renewable energy because they can be um, they can be replenished, but that time scale is over millions of years, yeah. um, and and so it's not really. Um, so anybody who's seen a coal mine will know mm -hmm. that they um, they dig up the earth, they take the coal out, and then that coal gets burnt uh, to run a steam turbine, which makes electricity. And once that's burnt, um, you know, the, it's made up of primarily um, carbon and hydrogen. Those burn and they produce carbon dioxide and um, water along with a whole bunch of other nasty things. And so once they're burnt, they're burnt um, mm -hmm. and you can't, they're not replenishable. Mm -hmm. And so the same with oil, um, fossil, like um, crude oil, um, natural gas, all of those, they kind of, they've got an, they've got a finite resource available to use. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously with um, energy use, the different types that we consume, this is obviously directly linked with climate action, climate change, evolutionary things that have been happening for the probably the last 30, 40 years. So how do you think your industry now, the renewables energy sector compares with, let's say 20, 30 years ago, and where do you think it's headed? Yeah, so there's quite a lot in that question. Um, the, the issue of climate change or, or man-made climate change is that 
we're burning these fossil fuels at a rate that is that cannot be absorbed by our atmosphere and cannot be um, recycled into natural ecosystems. And so the, the proportion of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere is increasing and that's trapping, um, that's trapping heat in our atmosphere and it's warming up um, the global temperature. And so that, you know, we've been burning coal, we've been burning oil um, kind of for the last hundred years or so. And the rate at which we've been doing this has been increasing and increasing and increasing. Mm -hmm. And 20 to 30 years ago, the renewable sector was um, almost non-existent in comparison to where it is today. Um, most of the projects that you would see would largely be driven from a very environmental focus. So mm -hmm. looking at um, you know, solar projects would have been really expensive. Um, and they would have been very much the exception rather than the rule. Mm -hmm. This has changed drastically um, to where we are at the moment, where renewable energy projects are often a lot cheaper than um, building or commissioning new fossil fuel facilities. Um, and so, you know, there's the argument that they don't, they don't produce um, carbon dioxide when they're operating. Um, but there's also the argument now that they're becoming increasingly competitive on price. And so the rate of change that we're seeing from, from where over the last 20 years, it's the uptake of renewable energy is just accelerating at a, at a rate that nobody really could have anticipated 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, with, uh, with industries like the automation industry going towards led by companies like Tesla with electronic with vehicles becoming more and more, you know, part of our mainstream life. I think the urgency towards those kinds of things have changed quite a bit. So where do you think it'll be in the, even the short-term future to the long-term future? Probably a hard that question is, <laughs> I, I would say that's a million dollar question, but it's actually a billion dollar question or a multi-billion dollar question. It's, um, you know, that the people who are making decisions about our energy, energy um, market and the way that it operates, um, who, the people who are making decisions about where to put um, new electrical infrastructure, mm -hmm. they're all really trying to grapple with the, the, um, the very shifting nature of the energy sector at the moment and how quickly things are changing. So even five years ago, um, the, nobody really could have foreseen where we're sitting today. Like mm -hmm. That's how quickly things are changing. Um, the forward planning that has been done by some of the brightest minds in Australia, um, it, it's just, it's a murky murky kind of fog that people are trying to see through and we've got a, a kind of sense of where it's going mm -hmm. and the sense of that is over the next short while um, that rooftop solar will continue to dominate and people will continue to put rooftop solar on their um, on their houses and then as a result of that the demand for electricity from traditional generators like the coal power stations from solar plants the wind farms that drops off drastically mm. um, and that 
that unsettles the whole network. And so coming out of that is this, um, this real need for short-term storage opportunities that could possibly soak up that rooftop solar energy and then provide that energy when the sun isn't shining anymore. Mm-hmm. And so those are the kind of changes that we expect to see in the next, in the short term, I suppose. And in the longer term, really the focus there is what happens when these coal generators close, because they will close. Mm-hmm. At the moment, they kind of chug along and they're very mechanical in nature, um, but they will be, they'll be closing um, both from financial pressure and also from a kind of social and environmental pressure. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that we're moving from this quite mechanical and electrical network that's been operating in the same sort of way for for decades. We're going to be moving to um, what's called inverter-based solutions, which is much more um, driven by power electronics um, with kind of smart networks that need to talk to each other much more Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, generators and storage facilities, both battery storage, but also possibly pumped hydro storage, mm-hmm. needing to be able to speak to each other very, very well, or a network that needs to be able to speak to these multi- a multitude of different technologies very well. So there's a lot of opportunity for automation um, in terms of how those those different t- technologies are working on the network and talking mm-hmm. to each other. Yeah. I'm glad that you and then, and the, yeah. And then you add you add um, electric vehicles into the mix and it just gets it gets even more yeah. interesting. So so it's a very dynamic space at the moment, which is very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where people most everyday people I think can't fathom the scale at which things happen just from a energy consumption from a day-to-day household to, I think, you know, work and then even just transportation. So it's a massive, massive industry. And it's very interesting how these things have changed. Now, you mentioned the word technologies a number of different times already. Now, what are some of the technologies that you're witnessing within the industry that's creating and affecting and almost running your um, renewables energy sector? So do you see much of virtual reality? Do you see much of um, robotics? What about drones, artificial intelligence, things like that? Is that something that plays a role within the renewable sector? Yeah, so there are various, um, there are various supporting technologies that, that integrate with the system or that we use as tools mm-hmm. that help us um, in the work that we do. Um, drones is an easy one to start with because um, they're being used more and more. A lot of our projects are in quite remote areas um, where there might not be good access routes. Um, we, we would use drones for um, contour surveys to give us a good sense of, of the layout so that our design is appropriate. Yeah. Um, and also for operations and maintenance of assets, you can, you can see a lot of things with drones that you, you wouldn't be able to see um, if you were just looking up from the ground. Absolutely. So ease of access. Robotics. Um, so there's a lot of robotics being used clearly in the um, equipment manufacture. Yeah. And a lot of automation that'll happen that'll happen there. Um, the augmented reality, 
not so much of that at the moment that I've that I've seen, but I do think it will come. So we do kind of the industry does these visual montages which shows um, wind turbines against a backdrop so that communities are able to identify or kind of visualize what the infrastructure could look like on their landscape. Mm-hmm. It's not it may very well be done at the moment that I'm not aware of, but it's it's completely feasible that you could almost have a kind of AR or VR setup mm-hmm. um, which integrates that in a much more fluid way where people are able to interact with it a lot more than just a kind of uh, 2D representation on a on a page or on a poster. So there's there's that um, and then AI, to me, AI or machine learning even is, is really useful where there's a lot of data that's being processed. And the, the amount of data um, coming out of these facilities, it's enormous. So, and there are, there are fantastic opportunities for analyzing data and improving how the network is run. Um, and so I think that there's, there's an opportunity there and it will be the people way cleverer than than me will be will be applying their minds to that yeah yeah and i think the the main reason that i i like to ask that question from almost every one of my speakers is all of these technologies that we just just discussed is a common factor between all advanced manufacturing industries and it keeps coming up as transferable skill sets almost the technology literacy that we need for the schools to actually and the universities to focus on at the moment. So which takes me to my next section is career paths within the renewable energy sector. Now, you mentioned a few people, um, the brightest minds in Australia. So we have to make sure that there are the future brightest minds in the renewable sector are coming through. So Mm. what do you think the skill sets almost or attributes things that they should look out for if if this is a sector that a potential student in you know grade eight through to 12 is thinking about or might be excited or even passionate about what are your thoughts on what they should be doing so i think i'd i'd like i'd like to start answering that question by reflecting on the fact that energy is in everything we do. Mm-hmm. It affects it affects everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it is interwoven into our society. It it is fundamental to everything we do. So there is not a single aspect of of our economy of our um, social network that is not impacted by by energy. And I, you know, coming from South Africa where the country there is going through such significant load shedding, which means rolling blackouts um, because of poor energy planning, you know, where you go for hours every day, you can go for hours um, every day during particularly bad periods without electricity. It's a stark reminder of of how much we need it and how we rely on it. Mm. So that kind of framing done, I think that, you know, there are so many career paths that touch on energy in one way or another. There are the obvious ones around in engineering project management, because a lot of it is infrastructure projects. Well, a lot of what I work on are infrastructure projects. So 
loads of um, engineers coming through. And, and like I say, you know, coal plants have typically been this, this kind of mechanical plants that then connect to electrical um, network. So a lot of that has been mechanical or electrical engineering or civil engineering or structural engineering. But now because so many more power electronics are being used, there's a lot more space for kind of electronics engineering, um, for software engineering. Uh, so, so a really interesting space there. All of the other kind of professional services um, interface with the sector quite a lot. So the legal, accounting, insurance, tax, all of those. Um, then, you know, all of these projects are financed by someone. So there's, there are loads of people within the financial sector who focus entirely on the renewable sector. Um, so, and, and, and a community engagement is such an enormous part of what we, what we do, making sure that we're, we're talking to communities, that we, that we understand what they need, how, and also how people use energy. Mm. Um, there, there's a big social element to it. And so making sure that communities are brought along for the ride, we're not forgetting about anyone. We're not steamrolling or bulldozing over any communities that we take people with us because it's, it's people who are using the electricity and it's, you know, the whole system needs to be designed with people in mind. Yeah, and um, I think that's where the emotional intelligence of the people, the professionalism in terms of using empathy comes yeah. through very importantly. So that's a very valuable skill set. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Awesome. So and I, I, think, I think what I would say from a kind of, like, what the industry needs the industry needs people who are interested in, in making a difference. I, I work, you know, some of the brightest minds in Australia. Yeah. But, but also some of the most dedicated people. Um, and it, it's not saying you have to be a genius to work in this, in the sector. Not at all. You, you just need to care. Yeah. <laughs> you need to care and, and believe that we can do better than how we've been doing it in the past. Absolutely. And I think that's a good, good place to start with, especially if you're a student connecting that big system, why you want to make a difference mm -hmm. towards it and whether your little role in it, whether it's a big one or a little one, I think all, all works towards the betterment of humanity, something that affects all of us. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Now, teachers having a big role in shaping the future of our human capital. Do you have any advice for the educators? What are your thoughts on what they should be doing to make and work towards the renewable energy sector? Yeah, I feel for, for educators in this space because, um, because it's moving so quickly, it's very difficult to keep up. You know, you're supposed to be a, a specialist in, in education, not a specialist in, in energy. Mm. Um, and so you can't expect um, educators to be completely on top of where the market is going and, and all of those kind of things. But I think a key principle that I would like to see become more embedded in, our, in the education system is a willingness to accept that maybe the kind of standards that we've been working to in the electricity sector are not necessarily the status quo going forward. Mm. Um, I've heard a lot of frustration about high school teachers or, um, or even beyond 
expressing a sentiment that we we need coal because of x y and z when you go well actually actually things are changing mm. and and the decline of coal is inevitable mm-hmm. um and there are things that renewables can do now that would really surprise you um and and there are there are things that are being planned for within the network that would comp- were unfathomable Mm. a few years ago and so really just a kind of open mind and an open approach to actually maybe things have moved from from when I last read about this and yeah that's what I would hope absolutely and obviously the future generations what's your advice for the students listening in um my advice is to not worry about having a, a kind of an unusual path mm-hmm. my my road to where I am in hindsight you know um, hindsight is 2020 and in hindsight I look back and I say oh that experience has given me that bit of knowledge and I'm so glad I made that decision that I did that thing mm. but when I was doing it at the time I felt quite lost Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you get through an experience, if you learn something along the way, it all adds to this kind of tapestry of life. And so as long as you feel, yeah, I, I, I just think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I think that there, there is a lot of pressure on, um, on younger people to have made up their minds very early mm. about what they want to do. Yeah. And I think that, you know, all experience is valuable experience and not to beat themselves up about it and say, if I'm not a CEO by 30, then I'm not, I'm not doing, <laughs> doing it right, you know? Yeah, so, and I think that's a valuable piece of advice because, and it funnily enough resonated with me because this is a very famous video on YouTube. Um, it was a speech given by Steve Jobs about connecting the dots I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's it's exactly what you just shared there where, you know, you have to have faith about what you're doing. But then when you look back, all the dots start to connect and it forms a picture, which is more or less what you've exactly said. So, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds. Think alike. Excellent. Well, there we go. If anyone wants to learn more about this stuff, this in energy sector, I know yourself actually has a publication. Um, would you like to tell us a few um, things about how they could get in touch with you or learn more about it? Yeah, so um, in 2010, I started um, a kind of online publication, which is a glorified way of saying a blog about energy. <laughs> um, and it's called the Energy Ramblings. And I started it, that was my introduction into energy. And I kind of knew that I wanted to get into the energy space, but I wasn't sure how to. And so I started a blog, which I thought was a good way for me to learn and then share that information as I was learning. Um, So it's been going for a while and and some years I write more than others. Um, Like last year, I think I wrote wrote all of one article, maybe two at a stretch. But it's something that I look back on and I can see just from what I've written, how much I've grown. Um, Mm. So it's almost like an energy journal for me. Um, So so that's energy ramblings. Um, I think the best way to contact me is on on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on there quite a lot. So that's probably the best way. Perfect. Well, uh, make sure you guys check out the show notes in uh, the website episode page and you'll be able to get direct links towards those things. But um, otherwise, Vivian, I know we've literally just touched on the tip of the iceberg almost when it comes to this sector. I guess we can talk about this, these things for months and months, but um, mm. thank you very much for what you've shared. And I think that will give a few sparks to some of the students and teachers listening out there and um, really make a difference towards the sector. So I appreciate your time. Thanks. I think I'd just like to end by saying that there is a skill shortage Absolutely. in this sector. So, you know, come along. Let's 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 go along for the ride together because we need we need more people. That's it for today's episode. Now it's time to take action and build on the learnings to get inspired. First up, jump on to rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes, links and other relevant learning materials from this amazing episode. Next, if you learned something new today, click that subscribe button and set yourself up to receive live notifications on future episodes, as well as more opportunities to learn from our amazing guests, brands and speakers. Last but not least, it's time to have your say. Join the conversation and share your thoughts and feedback on today's episode with a review, all while joining many others with a five-star rating for inspiring design with Rashan Senanayaka. Till next time.